Yes, people, welcome back to Albert JTV for the weekly surgery, episode 23. It's been a while, people, but before we get into it, let's smash the intro. Footballing community, waiting time is now over. The Albert JTV practice is now open. The surgery required is Premier League talk and any other business. Let's get to work. Welcome to the weekly surgery. And there you have it, people. Surround intro or funky intro into the weekly surgery. Surgery is needed, people. I've been meaning to do the show for probably, probably wanted it last week, but because there's so much transfer stuff going on, people, and people have lives and people have work and commitments and wives and girlfriends and enjoying single life and being bachelors and the rest of it. It's hard to get it in sometimes, but um, it's a pleasure to do weekly surgery. Trust me, you'll, do, you'll see more of these this season, but I'll get into it. But And people, smash the like button and subscribe to the channel. All your listeners, now, because it's very, very hot, um, I, started, I started to recreate the Bruce Willis look from Die Hard 1 and 2. So, yeah, it, it's cooking, man. So, um, yeah, at work, is very, very hot out there, but um, it's good scenery. But before we get into it, people, um, I've got two amazing guests that I need to introduce ASAP. Um, that is going to start with my brother from Love and Mother from the lovely part of Hastings, Ray Cassie. Welcome back, bro. Yeah, thanks again for having me, mate. Um, it's an honor to be on with G and uh, Bruce Willis. You know, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if that makes me Hans Gruber, but um, well, I'll take it. I'll take it either way. But yeah, man, thanks for uh, having me on. Um, there's a lot to discuss. Um, you yeah. both talk a lot of sense, so I'm excited for it. Ray, thanks, brother. I, I tried to talk a bit of sense, man. And yeah, rest in peace, Alan Rickman, man. Bad, bad boy, bad. Big up, big up. Yeah, yeah. So look, coming to my another brother from the part of Kent Ramsgate, Lord Granville, bad boy yeah. from Ramsgate, rude boy from Ramsgate. <laughs> talks is back. Welcome back, bro. No, thank you so much, man. Um, it, it feels good to be back. Obviously, you know, on your channel as always, but just streaming in general. I mean, had a hectic couple of months, uh, took a little break from streaming. Um, and obviously with the new job, it's kind of difficult. Like like you say, people got lives, people busy. So it's really difficult kind of juggling things. But yeah, man, I mean, the window's been open for what? Albeit seven, eight days. And it feels like yeah. it's been open for six months. And so much <laughs> has happened. Um, but yeah, man, I can't wait to get stuck in. And it's always a pleasure and being on your platform, Albert, with yourself and obviously Jay. So, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, people, this is obviously going live on YouTube, Facebook, and on along the Twitter feed as well. Um, our Instagram handles are in the boxes. You can see them going along the bottom of the screen. All the listeners, you'll just have to imagine what their Twitter handles are like, but um, you'll see it anyway. Now, before we get into it, obviously, um, there's some people said hello in the chat already. Um, my Tottenham wife has joined me, and uh, other half has joined in the chat. So... <laughs> Good evening to my Tottenham people. We'll talk Arsenal Tottenham during the season because you know when I think the North London Derby's on actually on Holly's birthday, funny enough. So um we hope to give you a, a horrible birthday present when it comes around Holly, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'd let me up to Jenny in the chat as well. Yes, good result for Scotland yesterday. Eventually, when they got the game, we started again. Big up Jenny, Jenny, we've got to meet next season. Tell your husband this is this is ridiculous, it's got to happen. Um, but here we go. Another one in the chat. Right, let's actually start the show. Yes, Holly, you will cry. Trust me. <laughs> um, you know, I want to start this a bit different. Like I said, weekly surgery, I want to do a lot more this season because um, I can get rival fans on and talk anything matters of football. But 
the main thing I want to start with actually with you two, I'm going to Ray first. Um, I was at work when um, I got the notifications come from my phone from BBC Sport. And to my surprise, um, maybe to, to us as Arsenal fans and not being supporters of particular clubs, um, managerial talk. Gary O'Neill and Darren Moore have gone or gone by mutual consent or sacked, whatever way you want to look at it. Uh, yeah. Ray first. Um, starting with Gary O'Neill. Now, reading in between the lines, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. It's almost a case of, keep it in simple layman's terms, thanks, but no thanks. Um, got them to safety. Um, I think they've probably seen that the grass is greener and probably thought guidance next season. This could happen again. I know Bournemouth's form wasn't great after they beat Spurs, actually. I think they didn't really win too many games of football, even though they had already stayed up. But yeah, Ray, come to you. What was your thoughts about the Gary Neal second? Obviously, they've appointed a new manager in what's his name again? It's gone in my head. Adoni Eriola. Yeah, it was um it was a shock when uh when it was announced that he was he was sacked. I think um Gary Neal was like one of the candidates for manager of the season, wasn't he? I mean, he was never going to get it, but he was certainly up there in the running. Um, I don't know. I think Bournemouth's owners must have just had this as a plan all along, regardless yeah, of uh, whether they stayed up or not. Um, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, O'Neill took over Scott Parker as a caretaker and then they appointed him as a, as a permanent or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a real surprise to see um, him go. Uh, I thought he had them playing some really good stuff. They look like a really dangerous team at times, Bournemouth. Um, but yeah, I just think the owners just want to go in a particular direction. Um, they obviously had this guy lined up because he was hired basically straight after straight, straight in, yeah. sack him, wasn't he? So um, again, I've done a little bit of research on him. He comes really highly rated. Um, other than that, I think it was that. Uh, uh, Get the team he was at now. Is it, so, is it, is it Valicano? Was it that? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, um, you know, and he was very, uh, he's done a very good season there, done very well. Um, so yeah, it could be an interesting uh, pick up there from Bournemouth, but yeah, overall, mate, I was uh, I was a little bit shocked that they they parted, parted ways. Yeah, so G coming to you, and I want to come back to Ray about Darren Moore, mm. uh, Gary Neal quickly. Um, I mean, he was only made permanent boss seven months ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, and as Ray's alluded to, I mean, he, he got sacked and then the appointment came straight after. So like Ray said, that, that's been lined up for quite a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, what's your sort of initial thoughts that came through? You know what it is? I was shocked. Um, I was surprised. I can't lie. Because I think you got to go back to, at the beginning of the season, um, I think Bournemouth were one of three teams that most people thought would go down. Um, and I can't imagine Bournemouth would have had anything more than, you know, a season target of staying in the Premier League. So when you look at it, I mean, he achieved what Bournemouth target was because a, team, a side like Bournemouth, you know, with the resources they have, etc. You know, the, the the target going into a, a Premier League season is going to be, you know, first and foremost, ensure we're safe, ensure yeah. we maintain our presence in the Premier League. Um, so when you look at it like that, obviously when you break it down and you start analysing the games and the performances, one could maybe come up with an argument as to why, obviously, they've got they've got rid of him. But for me, it's, you know, job accomplished in terms of this season uh, for Bournemouth. Um, I had them as one of my three teams to go down. So yeah. I think he did, a, you know, a miraculous job to keep them up. 
Um, when you look at Bournemouth squad in comparison to some of the other teams um, that were in and around the relegation battle for a long part of the season, you know, they, 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 they don't have the resources to, you know, challenge for, you know, uh, you know, top half of the table or European yeah. position. So I don't really get what, what it is, you know, what I don't really understand what more he could have done. So I don't think it's necessarily a reflection on him and his performance. Um, I think it's a reflection on obviously the direction the club wants to go into, you know, move into. So they've obviously got higher ambitions. Um, they've obviously identified a manager long before um, they've obviously sacked Gary. Um, and obviously, you know, that appointment was basically in place. Um, so they just had to sack Gary to kind of, you know, get that over the line. So, I mean, it's it's pretty tough on him. Uh, I don't think he will struggle to get another job. Um, and like I said, I think in terms of Bournemouth's target at the beginning of the season, it would have been to stay in the Premier League. So um, it is what it is. And I, I, just, I think in a way, I think over the years, we've seen this, this kind of culture um, within, you know, Premier League football where managers just come and go like a, you know, like a, like a revolving door. Um, and in many ways, it's the like of likes of Chelsea and Abramovich that kind of maybe, you know, brought about that culture. And it's kind of filtered down to the to, to other clubs within the Premier League yeah. or within the Championship. So I think it's just, I think it just epitomises, you know, the culture of the game and, and, and the way the game is. I mean, you can legitimately get fired for doing a reasonably good job. Um, and, and that's just how it is, unfortunately. So it is what it is. I think you'll, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll get another job. Um, but obviously, it shows that Bournemouth want to be ambitious. They want to go in a in a different direction that they thought Gary could take them in. Um, but they should be careful um, because we've seen yeah. many a Premier League sides change things up. Um, some some could say maybe be a little bit over ambitious, and it can come back to bite you. You know, it can. Um, but also the other the other side is I think the Bournemouth fans probably will be split. Some will be disappointed he's gone. Some will say, well, actually, we needed somebody to take us to the next level. You know, we've maintained our, our, our place in the Premier League. Now we need to push on for maybe, you know, a, you know, a higher position in the league table. So I think there are two sides to the story. Um, but I think Gary can definitely feel a little bit hard done by um, for going. Yeah, because I'm just quick looking at the table before we move on to talk about Darren Moore because that 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 was a shock. But um, yeah, they finished they finished fifteenth, uh, thirty nine points. But actually, their last their sort of mini form was on par with Leeds and Southampton at the bottom of the table. So yeah. I, I think that had a part in it as well. But obviously, this was lined up time ago, and um, like I said, they only gave him a contract seven months ago. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming Bournemouth haven't got, haven't got a lot of money to waste. But listen, it's what I don't it think is, it's um, done there. Gary O'Neill's reputation any harm at all though as he's no, gone course. in there he's kept them up he'll, he'll get a job in the championship I'm pretty convinced of that and um, yeah yeah see how he gets on them really yeah Ray coming back to you so Darren Moore um yeah wow um I don't know where I'll start I mean we hear it's mutual consent um he was there a couple of years I think they missed out on the playoffs two seasons ago I think or, or they or they went out in the playoffs I'm sure I have to double check that um people in the chat if you know or Ray and um, G have a check, check if that happened two seasons ago. Um, they actually missed out on automatic promotion this season and they got 96 mm. points. Nine, they accumulated 96 Massive. points. Yeah, yeah. we saw what happened in terms of the playoff championships, um, uh, League One, sorry, where they lost the first leg 4-0. Mm. Um, and I thought it was done. I thought it was absolutely done. And obviously, 
the miracle happened in the, the the second leg, which I did watch. That was that was incredible. Um, that comeback um, and to win on penalties, he gets them back up into the championship. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday were originally, and I'm showing my age here now, people, all the listeners as well as people watch this live. Um, 21 plus a bit of VAT. So I remember Sheffield Wednesday, lights of Sheffield Wednesday, Coventry, Middlesbrough. They were in the top division before the Premier yeah. League. They were even Millwall were in the top league, and that's that's going back a long time. That's after George Graham was there, but. Um, but Chef Wednesday's a big club and, you know, he's done brilliantly there, Darren Montiers, but, um, yeah, he's gone after two years. So, yeah, Ray, coming to you, that, that was the biggest shock for me. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was on uh, Sheffield Wednesday Twitter earlier just to try and get a bit more insight. Um, it's a strange, strange place, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, where these managers have been uh, let go of their jobs similar times, it looked like Bournemouth had a plan. Whereas it looks like um, Sheffield Wednesday just had a disagreement, whether mm. it was through transfers or how the club is run. Yeah. Um, and Darren Moore, all his backroom staff, they've all gone. Um, I'm not even sure if they've got a director of football at the moment, mm. uh, Sheffield Wednesday. So they're going to, you know, I think the championship, I think they, I think I saw that they start pre-season in about a month. Yeah. Um, championship is in uh, six to eight weeks, I believe. So, They've got a real uh, tough uh, uphill battle if they're not going to get somebody in quick. Because at least with Bournemouth, they, you know, it might have been ruthless. But the, yeah, Very exactly. Ruthless. Yeah. Um, so from a Sheffield Wednesday point of view, it's a, it's a real shame because I really like Darren Moore. I think he's a really good coach. Um, I remember when he was at West Brom um, and he kept, I think they went down, didn't they? But he done quite a good job he being good job like, Man United and was let go. So... Yeah, hopefully he can get a job again soon. Um, but as you mentioned, Sheffield's Wednesday are a massive club. Um, and to go from the high of getting promoted to then all of a sudden losing such a, a figurehead like Darren Moore must be a, a really weird feeling. So, yeah, hopefully for their sake, they can uh, they can get things right quickly. Yeah, because it's disappointing. Like I said, we've it's been spoken about for a number of years now in terms of um, um, a lot of the managers, that not, not being many black managers within the football pyramid to be honest. He is one of very, very few. Um I'm, and I'm going back years now. There weren't many like there was I think it was Keith Alexander, there was Keith Curl. Um obviously Chris Hewton in recent years had a few, a few jobs of in terms of um Brighton and he was at Newcastle. Not many. And uh, Darren Moore, I mean he did an amazing job. Like I said, whatever disagreement there was that he went by mutual consent. Um, we don't know, but gee, what's your thoughts about Darren Moore, man? Yeah, I mean, I feel so, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for Darren, man. I feel I've not followed his career in great yeah. detail, but it seems like a lot of the times he's he's left the club, it's been under somewhat or, or looks as though it's been under somewhat unfair, you know, circumstances. He seems to kind of get you know, um, hard done by a little bit, um, in, in terms of his jobs. I mean. I don't really get it. Um, I think, like Jay said, um, while the Bournemouth, you know, sacking an appointment seems like a strategy or plan, this really does feel like it's come out of nowhere, um, and there is somewhat of a you're somewhat of a clash uh, mm. between maybe him and his staff and, and the club. Um, I don't think we'll ever know, um, you know, the real circumstances unless, obviously. He, he goes out, he goes away and writes a book or something like that, or, or something is leaked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, after what was an absolute phenomenal campaign in the end, um, 
to then find himself jobless. I mean, they say mutual consent, but you just don't know these days. Yeah, you know, yeah. mutual consent could be, you know, he wanted out. Um, and instead of it, and instead of it looking bad on the club that he chose to resign, they agreed to come, you know, via mutual, you know, consent. Or it could be that, you know, they were both, you know, pretty happy and just decided to kind of part their ways, leave on a high. You know, it could have solely been his decision. Um, so it, it's it's really difficult. Um, but there's definitely more to that story in terms of him leaving because, you know, the euphoria of what they did. Yeah. Then to then right. find your, your, your place in a position where, you know, he's gone and you don't have a manager. I mean... I think I think there would have been a lot of excitement about the upcoming, you know, um, season. season. Whereas now, I think the fans will be somewhat worried and concerned because you want that consistency, you know, going into obviously, you know, a new season and a new campaign. Um, and if you kind of like compare it, like, you know, again, when you look back at and you say, okay, what would have been the target for Sheffield Wednesday um, this season? You know, and I think he 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 not only hit that but surpassed it. So again, I don't think it's a, 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 any reflection on him and his managerial abilities or his performance. It's just a case of it is what it is. These things happen in football, um, and, and and infamously they happen a lot in football. We've seen we've seen managers win major trophies at the highest level and then you know lose their jobs a couple of weeks later. Yeah. So it, it it just it is what it is. It, it's the nature of the beast. Um, you know, that is football. So I was shocked at both. Um, more shocked at the Darren Moore one. Darren Moore, yep. I don't think we'll ever know what really went on unless somebody publicly speaks out. And a lot of the time when these things happen, people tend to just kind of shut up shop and keep it moving. Yeah, listen, I think we've we've good good shout, Ray and um and G. So uh, yeah, I think with um Gary Neal and Darren Moore, they've their stock has risen, man. Um I yeah. believe, unless I've, unless I haven't heard anything or not done my research, I don't think the Leeds United job vacancy has been filled yet. So, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but people, like I said, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, follow my amazing guests on the Twitter handles in the box. But before we go into our next section of the Albert JTV Weekly Surgery, there's a little intro, people. <laughs> There you have it, people. A little surround intro to subscribe to Albert JTV. You've heard it here first, people. But let's get talking. Um, we're going to cover our beloved Arsenal. A lot's been spoken about since the end of last season. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't, People say it. Listen, I think it's pretty obvious. We, we do have the most reactionary fan base in probably, if not Europe, if not world football, Europe. World, world football. League. World, world football. football. Yeah, definitely going by Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, it's been. Um, it's not that. It's not that. I, it's not that I've even taken a break from social media. I just, I just see from what people tell me, um, and from what I see myself, I'm like, wow. I mean, I mean, you know, we're we're all busy people. We've got jobs. We've got to pay our bills. I mean, as much as I use the platform to promote my content, I do need to take a break a little bit at the time. And you know, in terms of the transfer window, it's not even got out of first gear yet. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I was gonna start it. We're gonna leave Declan Rice till last because um, I want to definitely want to get you guys' opinions. People in the chat, pop in your comments. Um, I think the most obvious place to start, the most obvious place to start, really, um, before I come to you guys, is this um, young man. Where's he gone? 
Now, before I bring in Ray, you know when you say that saying where it goes, you didn't see this one coming? I absolutely did not see this one coming. I, w- I wouldn't even have thought about one particular player we could Arsenal could buy within the Premier League who would be coming to Arsenal or the viable option coming to Arsenal. It was absolutely not Kai Havertz. Um, but you know what, Ray? I don't know what your, your feelings are and people in the chat and obviously when I get to G. Um, I know a lot of Arsenal fans, before he joined Leverkusen, by the way, um, before he joined Leverkusen, let me make that very, very clear, they absolutely wished we could get this guy at Arsenal. 100 million percent when he's Leverkusen. But Leverkusen, he had 118 appearances um, and he scored, I think he scored 36 goals. Um, so yeah, we're coming to you, Ray. Obviously, there's heavy links now that the the degree, you know, the Friesman degree was at 65 million, I believe. What was your initial yeah, thought? Yeah. What was your initial thoughts about hearing his name and possibly coming to Arsenal? And what do you make of him? Um, how he's going to fit in at Arsenal? Yeah, well, when initially I heard it, um, I can't lie, I wasn't happy about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, you, you see all these Chelsea players that we signs running yeah. through your mind, and I know Jorginho is the most most recent, and yeah, you know, he's been been great so far. But yeah, I just thought of that that striker that couldn't hit a barn door. Um, but when you deep it and you know, you sort of calm down a bit, and yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense actually. Um, he's a very versatile player. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and he can play sort of anywhere across the front three. Um, and he can play attacking midfield, which I quite like to see personally. Um, I think he can do a, do a job at striker, but um, predominantly that's not his position, in my opinion. And I think Chelsea have uh, misused him a little bit. Um, I know you mentioned his Leverkusen uh, days there. Yeah. Um, I think there's 36 goals he got. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a few notes about it. And, uh, well, bro. It looked like, um, so as a striker for Leverkusen, he only started nine times. Um, he started as a number 10, 84 times, um, as a winger, 35 times, yeah. and as a midfielder, centre mids, um, 18 times. So when Chelsea bought him, they were really buying this um, number 10 attacking midfield player who can play out on the, on the uh, wide positions, yeah. ideally wide white. Right, sorry. Um so when he ends up at Chelsea, they've got all these uh, these wingers, they've got all these wide players and these attacking players. They haven't really got a striker and they don't really know what to do with him, so they just kind of put him there. Um, so if Arteta can find a way of uh, getting him in those positions, maybe running into the box, I think um, I think it could be genius. But like I said, it, only time will tell. Um, the fee is a little bit eye-watering in my opinion i don't know what you guys think um like i say i know he's had a champions league final winning goal and you know he'd never have to buy a drink in north london again if, uh, <laughs> if that happened with us but you know he hasn't really had the best um time since then at chelsea um so it's going to be fascinating to see how he gets on obviously arteta and, and Eze have brought him in for a reason um it looks like he might play the Granite Xhaka role, um, but other than that, yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does, and it's going to be a real test to see uh, Arteta's coaching ability because we know he's a good coach. We know he can take uh, players under his wing. Um, we've seen it now, um, so yeah, it should be interesting to see how it all pans out. 
No, Ray, well said. I'm glad, glad yeah, good, good, good shout for the breakdown as well about him. Um, because it's interesting before I come to G. If you had if you'd bypassed him and had not seen him play for Leverkusen and you seen him in a Chelsea shirt, I've said this when I went on to the football heritage was chatting to Sava. I said, um, I watch him play and um I don't know where you're playing. Like, and that's only because I say that if I hadn't seen him play for Leverkusen in, in, in Germany, but the way he's been used at Chelsea, I, I, it's like they're not sure what to do with him. Um, and I think the fact that he's been allowed to leave, even though they've got, a, you know, they give Pochi his, his ratings. He's, he, he did well at Spurs. Um, he's, and he's been allowed to leave and come to us. Um, I guess when time will tell when he starts the season, um, how this pans out. Because like I said before, Ray, like, um, coming to G, sorry, let me come to you now. Um, didn't see this one coming, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't almost know what to make of it. I thought... Um, oh. I thought, let me just sort of let it sink in. Um, yeah. But um, I'll come to you. What, what's your thoughts, man? Because it's looking imminent that he's obviously going to be coming to us. You know what it is? It's, you know, very similar to what, you know, Ray said. Um, he wouldn't have been the first name um, that, you know, <laughs> he probably wouldn't even have been on the list, to be honest. Um, yeah. And that is simply because of what's happened, you know, at Chelsea. But like you said, like Ray's brilliantly said, you know, if you look at the way he played um, and the success he had at Leverkusen, there's a reason why Chelsea, you know, stumped up, I think, between 90 to 100 million pounds for him. Um, all this nonsense online about Chelsea paid, what we're paying for him right now is absolute nonsense. Um, he was a huge, huge purchase for Chelsea yeah, at the time. Um, and most of the Premier League were quite concerned and worried that he was going there because he was a top, top, top baller. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about the way Chelsea do things. Um, they stockpile players. They have done since Abramovich came to the club mm. um, and they misuse players. Um, Havertz will not be the first attacking player or offensive player that's gone there. Loads, like Loads gone there. Yeah. Salah, yeah. Um, Torres. You've got KDB. You've got Torres. You've got Shevchenko. I mean, the, the, the list is endless in terms of like actual offensive players that have gone there um, and maybe not done so well. Um, at the same time, it is for me, it's a risk. Um, but I believe that there's an element of risk in every single transfer you make. There's no guarantees when you sign a player. It does seem like quite a hefty fee, yeah, but I just yeah. think that's reflective of the market. Yeah. Um, you've got to take into consideration not so much what he's because people say okay he's flopped and to be fair given the price tag and what he's come and done um, you know I think that I think that is a fair that's a fair kind of you know label to give him at Chelsea at the same time he has contributed um, you know one of the most important goals in Chelsea's history um, during that time he is 24 he is very versatile um, you know he does have he hasn't even hit his prime in terms of you know footballing age so that's probably why um, you know, we've gone that high. Um, and quite clearly, um, Arteta and Edu and the club see something um, in him and, and, and think he's going to come in and do a job. In terms of where he plays, I mean, Ray fantastically, you know, you know, gave us those stats. Um, Chelsea bought a player and misused him for the entirety of his career. So, okay. I mean, if you, if, you, if you buy a player for that hefty fee and then you know, play them in the one position they played the least that got them to that level of football where you wanted to purchase them, then there's no wonder why he hasn't done well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a strange one. I mean, 
in the past, I've got really fixated um, and quite invested with transfers. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the one that really got me was the Vlahovic one. Um, and the one that almost got me, I mean, it did get me, was the Mudrik one. So I've approached this window a lot more chilled and a lot more a lot more laid back. And the reason why that is is because I'm not too fixated on the on particular players. Um, and in the past, I've written off not written off, but I've, I've been very questioned. I've, I've questioned certain purchases that we've made, and yeah. some of them I've been right, and a lot of them I've been wrong. You know, there's a lot of players that Arteta and Edu have brought to the club that I thought, why on earth are we signing this player? And they've turned out to be very good. You know, they've been part of a team that pushed City all the way up until a couple of weeks to the end of the season. So um, he wouldn't have been my first choice. He probably wouldn't even have been on my list. At the same time, he's a gooner. Um, so I'm not going to invest all my energy into, you know, writing the boy off um, before he's kicked a ball. Um, I'm going to give him every chance to be a successor Arsenal. I'm going to support him. Yeah. And I just hope, you know, we get and Arteta can get out of him the, the Leverkusen have arts. Because if, if, yeah. we, if, if we can, if he can recapture that form, then not only will, will he be um, a good, you know, player um, at Arsenal, but he'll be an absolute snip at 65 million. Um, and that's the truth. So, yeah. While at the moment it looks like a crazy bit of business, it could turn out to be the signing of the summer. Um, it, it, it's really, it's, it, it could go either way. Um, I hope for Arteta, Edu and us and the fan base, that is a success. But yeah, only time will tell. Yeah, I think it, I think there's, well, no, I've all said Ray and, and Gman for your breakdowns. Um, I think it's, it's, it's come quite left field. I think that's what Arsenal fans have kind of almost processed, almost like a, I don't know, what's the worst, best way I can describe it? It's like when you're trying to, when you're going through bereavement, you're just trying to process in your mind what, what's going on. Like, it's, it's not that he's not, it's not that he's not a good player because he's shown at Leverkusen yeah. that he's got something about him. He's only 24. Um, he's a 37 caps for the national team. He's got 13 goals. And like right, Ray said, I mean, looking at his kind of style, the way he's stylistically, the way he plays, um, it would be mad not to play him in a 10 role or like you're saying, in the sort of the Xhaka role that, um, yeah. Arteta had adopted last season. So listen, he's not officially got the shirt yet, I believe, people, if, if I've got it right. But um, So you, we can't call him one of our own yet, but when we're ready to welcome him to the red carpet, I'm, I'm sure we will. But um, yeah, listen, he's, he's, he's soon to be a gooner, so we'll, yeah. Arsenal fans will get behind him, you know what I mean? Um, before I sort of move on to um, the next part, yeah, I see people, big up to people in the chat. Um, when, I talk, when I talk about the reactionary, the Arsenal fans being reactionary, I get that it's about standards of wanting the club to do well and we can talk about the owners. I think for me, what I mean more so is, I don't know what you guys feel quickly before we move on to the next player, is in terms of um, particularly the Twitter side of it, not the Instagram side so much. I find that it's a lot of the Arsenal accounts that trigger this behaviour. Because they don't know what they're talking about. Mm. You don't know any of the, the transfer stuff. It is, <laughs> I, I, it, and, and the thing is, even if you did know, no one's going to believe you anyway because they, they've read it for so many years on the, on the platform. So I think that, that, that the Arsenal accounts don't help. You know, what it, you know what it is as well? Is I was having this, I've had this conversation with you and I've had this conversation with a couple of Gooners is that I remember, I'm going to sound like the good old days, that's what I'm going to sound like here, but I remember when, you know, when you signed a player, bam, 
it was on the back pages, or bam, <laughs> yeah. it was on Teletext, or bam, it was on the yellow bar on Sky Sports. And up until that point, you didn't hear a word. I think one of the biggest issues now we have with with transfers um, is that it's played out on social platform. So you have you have the journals at the top, you have the likes of Orni and Fabrizio and so forth, and you have their counterparts in their countries. And then you have a lot of the, you know, the in the know accounts that claim to have inside information <laughs> yeah. and sources, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like at every step of this transfer or a transfer, it's being played out on the social. So it's like it, we're interested, we're, we're negotiating, we've bid, it's been rejected, we've bid again, it's been rejected. And so, and the problem is, is that even with the even with the elite journals, I don't believe. Their, their their sources or their intel is that accurate. I think what happens yeah. is is a lot of the clubs and stuff leak the information to a certain extent of what they want to leak. Um, so even though, yes, Arsenal may have bid for a player and it may have been rejected, that could have been the situation a week ago. Um, it could have been the situation two weeks ago. Um, and obviously now the information is started, starting to feel, filter through. The problem is, is that you know, all these accounts, including the, the elite journals, right down to the the pretend in the no accounts, they're just constantly tweeting. And because fans are so passionate um, and desperate, and you know, they, they, they get frustrated and then they yeah. get the interactions um, and they're just constantly, constantly interacting. So I think a lot of the problem is the fact that a lot of these transfers are played out on the social media platform. But I think not many, well, I don't know, I don't know. I can only speak for myself and, you know, people like yourselves. You know, we can look at it and just kind of take it as a pinch of salt and just realise that, you know, the, the, the whole media and the tweeting, it's all a circus. It's all a pantomime, you know. It's all about interactions and clicks and stuff. Until you get, you know, that confirmation that the deal's gone through or, you know, Arsenal.com, you know, have tweeted it out. Everything in between is just noise, um, to be honest. And I don't think... I think a lot of the problem is, is a lot of fans, not just Arsenal fans, they just get sucked into it. And they're literally sitting at home, just literally refreshing their page for the latest update. Um, and that frustration and that overreaction definitely comes out. Um, you, know what, you, know what it, you know what it is, G? You know what it is? I'm sorry, I'm going to bring in Ray. Sorry. You know what it is for me? It's um, and I, This is how I judge it, Ray. I don't know how you do it, and G, but I look at the person, I look at the people particularly more so the journos who tweet the least that might have a little bit more than anybody else. Orny. I mean, if you, see, if you say Div, David yeah. Orton probably tweets once and that's it. Orny's the man, bro. Um, I think Sammy Mockbell, um, mm. is it with The Guardian, I think? Mm. He tweets probably once. You, don't, you, don't, you won't see them tweeting endless tweets. What, yeah. what, what else can you say? Yeah. I've when Orny tweets, yet. he's giving you a bummer. You get me? It's like, done deal, done. He's not yeah. tweeting, oh, you know, Declan Rice is having a coffee, you know, in a cafe in Ibiza. He just picks his nose. <laughs> and then he... mug. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> ridiculous, man. It's like a running commentary yeah. of, like, everything. Like, only silence for days. Bang, done deal. That, that for me, is a reflection of a top journalist. Um, all the other stuff, and that's why I said that I used that word, noise. There's yeah. so much noise on the platform. Yeah. And the problem yeah. is, is that... I've, I've done it before. I've been guilty of it. I, so I'm not going to sit here like a hypocrite and say, oh, I've never done that. I have done that. But I've just decided 
to just take a completely different approach. So I will, I will see all the noise, but I just kind of keep it moving. I don't really pay too much attention to it. And then I've got my notifications on. So if I see Orny come with a bomber, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is serious. And right. if I see a Fabrizio, here we go, then I know it's serious. All the other stuff, I, I give it a read. I'm interested, but I don't take it too seriously. And I think that's what maybe a lot of other football fans should do. You know, if you enjoy the pantomime of the transfer market, enjoy it, but don't take it too seriously because the, yeah. when, the, when the news is ready to come out, it will come, out, come out and it will be accurate. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I was said. Ray, any, Ray, anything you want to add to it? Go on. Get, you, get your thoughts in, Ray, man. Tell him. Yeah, well, a bit like uh, G said there, I think two of my favourite ever signings for Arsenal, certainly in recent times, was uh, Fabio Vieira and uh, Matt Ryan. And you'll go, why, why is that? And it's because literally I went to bed, I woke up the next day and they were yeah. signed in an Arsenal shirt on the website. Yeah, no point. tracking planes, no ICKs, <laughs> no uh, photoshops on Twitter. Yeah, they yeah. were just Arsenal players. They were just signed, you know. Yeah. And obviously they haven't had the longest career or the best impact, but it's just a throwback and, and you know, you love to see it. Um, I think G was talking a lot of sense there. Um, it seems to be that everyone wants to be first. Whereas you just yeah. got to be right, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, just like Ray. I say, everything everything is played out on social media. We have to know everything. Let Ray, the clubs just Ray, you know do what? their thing. I mean, you, Ray, you're right. You, what you just talked about, you're, you're right what you said. Because um, when I watched, um, when Tom White was on Highbury Squad, he said something mm. very, very similar. When it's, it's a great show, actually, the, the and how all the transfers work and the information that they get and what gets dripped free what gets um, leaked through and whatever. So it's a good watch, but that's very, that, what you just said, that's very, that's very, very true about it being right. Because yeah, reputational wise, and mm -hmm. yeah, it just does not look good. Um, but now it's great to, get, great to get you guys' opinions on that. So we're going to come to the next plan. I'm going to come back to Ray actually. Um, now when this guy, when this guy was mentioned, um, you're in Timber. I thought, I think you want to be getting Justin Timberlake. I think I can't really, I can't really <laughs> <work. laughs> Better than Timberland. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know too much about him. That's the first thing I will say. I will say there's a lot of guys yeah. that know that watch Eredivisie. They know their they know their thing. Um, but apparently he can play in two positions. Um, I think he's had about 15, 16 caps for the Netherlands. And I think he got Eredivisie player of the year, actually, in the 21-22 season. So he obviously has some very, very good potential about him. And I think he's potentially going to come in in an area which we will need if you're going to have four centre-backs in terms of uh, Ben White, a Kivior, a Gabriel and a Saliba. Um, then you've got your four core centre-backs. This guy can come in at centre-back and probably right-back, I believe it is. So, yeah, I don't know, Ray, how much you know about him or what your sources have told you or who you've spoken to about him. What's your initial thoughts, man? Yeah, man, he's a, he's a good player. Um, I haven't seen him loads and loads of times. Yeah. Um, obviously, you see the odd Ajax Champions League game. Um, I know that uh, Manchester United wanted to buy him last year, I think it was. Yes. Um, in the end, Ajax didn't want to sell uh, him, Anthony and uh, Martinez all in one window. So they yeah. so they kept Timber. Um, and yeah, he's just very comfortable on the ball. Um, as you mentioned there, he's, he's kind of like Ben White in a way. He can play centre-back, he can play right-back. Um, he's not the biggest, but yeah, that's um, awesome. very, yeah. very good on the ball. Um, he can step into midfield as well. And that might be an interesting option. Well, uh, it might give us a sort of Zinchenko equivalent on the right, if that makes sense. Yes. 
um, so it might open up the pitch in that way for us. Um, I did wonder with the potential signing of Havertz as well, um, if he did play Xhaka, we would kind of maybe be a little bit um, imbalanced at the back or in defensive midfield, um, yeah. depending on who we bring in. So he could go in there potentially um, and offer just a bit more um, solidity. Because I don't like, although I like the idea of uh, Erdegaard and uh, Havertz potentially in midfield going forwards, I'm not convinced about them to come in the other way. And that's one yeah. thing Jack was very good at for us. So I think he'll be very technically sound. I think um, he's going to be very good uh, in terms of a piece that we can use uh, tactically. Um, I think he's very versatile. Right, is he main? Is, they said he's main. Is he mainly a centre back that can play right back? Is that how it is? Would, would yeah, it? from from what I've seen, yeah. yeah, yeah, he is exactly that. So, again, interesting to see uh, how he gets on. Um, again, this sort of come out of the blue. Hopefully, we can just wrap yeah. some pretty yeah. quick. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, he's an interesting player, and uh, yeah. yeah, I hope we get him. Yeah, no, great, great shout. I've heard good things about him from I was listening to um I was listening to Tom yesterday. He was doing a show with Drew. Um that's given a Brett tactical breakdown. Um yeah, great stuff, man. Um and he's 22, 22. Um yeah, gee, coming to you, man. So you listen, if we do get him, I think they want apparently they want 50 and Arsenal yeah. have been around 30. But they're saying that there's there's a potential where that a deal can be done. Yeah. Um but listen, I think it'd be a very, very smart acquisition just in terms of don't get me wrong, Ben Wright was excellent right back last season. Let's have it right, he was. He dipped off at the end of, in, towards the end of last season, but um, I would be more happy for him to come back at, at centre-back, to be honest. Um, that's nothing against him playing at right back. I just think if this guy can play right back, then for me... And listen, as well, if we do get him, the Arsenal fans have come up with some really good songs for him, so like Tim <laughs> But, G, coming to you, man. God, what's your thoughts, man? Yeah, man, I mean, again, this this one kind of came out of nowhere. I think it was only with the bomber, just to say that we were interested, etc. Um, and I think that's been backed up. I can't remember the journal's name, but um, it's a very rela- it's basically the Ornstein of Ajax, um, one of the top. Yeah. Well, that's what I was told. He's he's literally yeah. the top reporter for Ajax um in terms of transfers. And he's basically said that he's got eyes for Arsenal, he only wants to join Arsenal. Um, he's turned down approaches from the likes of Bayern Munich. Personal terms have been agreed, reportedly. Yeah. And it's just a case of agreeing a fee. Um, obviously, we've gone in with 30. They want 50. So, surely a compromise, you know, will be found. I mean, in terms of the way he plays, I don't watch a lot of Dutch football. Um, at the same time, people know who he is. Um, I mean, he can yeah. play right back, centre back. He's he's quick. Um, he's good on the ball. Um, and again, I think, I think one of the themes of... Arteta's signing since he joined the club is versatility. He seems to like players that can play in multiple positions. It's almost like every single signing we make, you know, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they can they can play, you know, they're not fixed. And to be honest, it's not just Arteta. That's almost like the culture of football these days. You know, if you're, if you're coming up as a young player, you've got to have that versatility. You know, you just have to look at the likes of Saka Starboy um, to know that um, multiple positions he can play in. Um Obviously, they Man United wanted him, um, but obviously United fans are rubbishing him now um, because he's about to, or um, you know, we think he's going to join um, Arsenal. But I mean, I like this signing. Um, again, I'm not fixated with names. Yeah. Um, my key going into this window was we need to address areas of the squad um, where you know were the reasons why we fell short. You know, 
in the season chasing top four and then in the season chasing the title. We need something in that right-back, centre-back position. So for me, this transfer for me would spell the end for holding um, at Arsenal um, because we've got a player that can not only play right-back but also centre-back. If he plays right-back, we can get Ben White back to centre-back. And I'm with you, Albert. That is what I've wanted. I want to see... I don't mind seeing Ben White at right-back because... Arguably, he was one of the best, if not the best, right back in the league. At the same time, people forget he is an exceptional centre back as well. Yeah. Um, and he will be brilliant, you know, competition for Saliba. Saliba had no competition last season. Um, yeah. He was, you know, holding was never going to get into the side over Saliba. So when Saliba got injured, we were forced to play holding. There was a massive, massive drop down. Um, in class between the two players. So I'm, and obviously we can't rely on Tomiyasu's fitness. No. I think Tomiyasu has this season to prove his consistency and his fitness. And I think if he doesn't, I think he'll be on the way out. Um, so I really like this signing. Um, I like it because of the positions he can play, the versatility, and obviously the qualities that he possesses in terms of, you know, his ability on the ball, um, as well as obviously his pace. So I hope we get it over the line um, yeah, ASAP before other clubs um, come sniffing. So yeah. yeah, let's 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 get it done. No, no, good. No, great shouts. I'm big up to James in the chat. James, love you, brother, man. Yeah, brother. big up James. Yeah, big up James and Russ in the chat. Um, yeah, listen, we obviously hear rumors that um, I hope he does stay. I was I, I wasn't confident. I think he would go, Kieran Tierney, but. There's rumours that he will stay. Um, and I think it's important we try and keep him. Um, and more importantly, he wants to stay at Arsenal. Yeah. He's got to want to stay at Arsenal. And that's the thing, because with the games coming through, and we know Zinchenko's injury record as well, if you actually go and deep it at Man City, you miss a lot of football. You miss a hell of a lot of football. Yeah. Um, so if we can keep Kieran as well, geez, listen, our, our, our sort of defensive unit will be set. Obviously, bringing Timber and um, obviously Kivior's coming. He'll get more game time. He'll be better. Trust me. Um because he can pass as well. But listen, big up to people in the chat, man. Let's move on to our next talking point. Um, again, this one's come out of nowhere as well. Romeo Lavia. Now, I- I'm going to give you guys a bit of context in terms of um, this kid. He's only 19, actually. I, do- I-, I knew he was young. I didn't realise he was that young. Um, obviously, I went to the game when we played, when they played us at um, the Emirates and the 3-3 draw. I'm still- I still feel like I'm knackered from watching that game, to be honest. It's, it's over two months ago. But... Um, he was excellent. He was excellent. He's he's played, he's had some good games for Southampton in a very struggling side. Um, and I don't think there's a buyback buyback clause with City, is it for 40 million? Um uh, but no, listen, I think the thing with him, I don't know what you guys feel. Now, I know Arsenal fans were getting irate about Moises Caicedo. Uh, and I looked at it, I thought, you know what, let me take a little bit of look at th- these two players in particular. Caicedo's only played about 15 more games than him in the Premier League. And Kasaida's over and played that many games in the league. I think Arsenal needs to calm down. Listen, he, he, listen, I like Moises Kasaida. I think he's excellent. Um, anybody who saw him play that semi-final against Manchester United for Brighton, he was he was outstanding. He hasn't played a lot of games. He hasn't played a lot of football in his, in his career. He hasn't. Um, mm. Same with Lavia. Um, I think Kasaida's 25. Uh, Romeo Lavia's 19. Um, I don't think it'd be a risk. But I think, I think what a lot of Arsenal fans might might have an issue with is his age. But I think if you're old enough, you're good enough. Um, like I said, I was highly impressed with what I saw at the Emirates last season and the snippets I saw of him play. So coming to G, um, what's your thoughts about the links to Romeo Lavia? I mean, we went into this window knowing that we need midfielders. 
Um, you know, we played predominantly with, you know, I'm not I'm not talking about Odegaard, but we played predominantly with Partey um, in that sixth role and Xhaka yeah. in that eighth role. Um, Xhaka had a good campaign um, and Partey, I would still say had a good campaign, but there was yeah. a drop off in terms of consistency of performances. I think from both players, um, I wouldn't just say it was, you know, seldom to party. I think even Xhaka, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the thing with Xhaka is that even when he doesn't play well, he will generally give you a solid performance um, just kind of in his work rate and stuff like that. But we went into this transfer window needing midfielders. Um, and for me, it was always a case of getting um, somebody to compete with Partey and somebody to compete with Xhaka. I didn't envision that we might be potentially losing both Xhaka and Partey no, in this window, but that, that, that's, another, that's another show. Um, so, I mean, again, Lavia has, is a player with huge potential. Um, you know, there is a reason why Manchester City put in a buyback clause in his contract. Um, they would not do that if they didn't rate him. Um, so that kind of tells you everything you need to know. The, the, the few times I've seen him, he's phenomenal. Um, but he is raw. Um, he does Very need raw. time to mature. Yeah. He does need time to develop his game. So I would be more than happy to welcome Lavia to Arsenal. But for me, he's a squad player. Mm. Um, he's not somebody that I potentially want to see in the first team. But I want to see him in and around the first team. Yeah. I mean, if we've got somebody like Partey in that sixth position it would be amazing to be able to, like, you know, throw Lavia in there last 20 minutes, 25 minutes of a game, or even start him in some of the cup competitions because he is good enough. He's proven in a couple of, like... He's he's got a taste for it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's proven in quite a few midfield duels that he can actually get the better of some of the big DMs in the Premier League. Um, But he's playing in an absolutely awful Southampton side. So I'm not sure about this one. Um, yeah. we've got a very good relationship with his agent. Um, as far as I've heard, uh, personal terms will not be an issue because I can't imagine he'll be on much at Southampton. He'll probably jump at the opportunity to sign for Arsenal. The issue is um, Chelsea were quoted, I think, 40 to 50 million last summer. Um, and we've been quoted 40 to 50 million this summer. Yeah. And what we also have to take into account is that I, from what I've heard, is that the clause for Man City is activated next summer. So Southampton are going to want to get at least 40 million because that's what it is. But I've also heard a percentage of that fee has to go to Man City. I think it's up to 20% of of any fee that we agree. So (laughs) if he goes, if he's sold this summer, we're going to have to be prepared to spend in excess of 40 to 50 million for him. I'm not sure we do that at the moment. Um, So I I think this signing will depend on what happens with the rest of our midfield options um, between now and obviously the end of the window. But he's an exceptionally talented young man um, and I would more than welcome him at the Emirates. No, good shout, G. G, just give us, just pop us in the private chat if you've got to go because we're on the 51 minute mark. But no, appreciate it, man. Well said. Um, yeah, Lavi, I think the, the thing is, it's crazy with Arsenal <laughs> Ray, coming to you. So Jack is going to go apparently to Leverkusen, right? And obviously we hear the links about party possibly leaving. So it's just it's, it's typical Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, one of them could go. It's fine. Not not, not both. both. But if you're gonna bring in, if you're gonna bring in the the numbers in terms of, then I, I see an argument for it. But mm. yeah, what's your thoughts quickly about uh, Romeo Lavia, my friend, man? Yeah, um, you guys basically covered it so well. Um, 
he's uh, he's a class young player, really, really highly rated. Um, and it was obviously the Arsenal uh, game that maybe Southampton played at the Emirates, um, where we got to see him. And I was like, okay, I'll focus on this guy, expecting us to win. Um, obviously, that didn't pan out that way. Um, and he was brilliant that night, wasn't he? He was. Um, with that, as G mentioned, I think there's an opportunity to get him this window um, as Man City's option is, is next season, I believe. Yep. Um, I think I saw that uh, Southampton want a record fee for a young player. So I think the record fee was obviously um, 75 M's for uh, Van Dijk. I yeah. think they won about 30 to 40 for Lavia because I think the record was Luke yeah. Short, possibly yeah. 30 to 35. So it'd be about that figure. Um, he'll be, I don't know, like a, a third or close to a half of the price of uh, Caicedo. Yeah. So we do save a little bit there. Um, as you mentioned, yes, Caicedo has some immense quality, but he's only played six months more in the league. Exactly, yeah. Um, and he's playing, and again, he's playing for Brighton, where although he's they've been absolutely outstanding, I'm not going to take anything away, the pressure for playing for Brighton is going to be completely different to playing for Arsenal. And you yeah. saw that with the, um, the celebrations about qualifying for Europa League. And, and like I say, fair play to Brighton because they absolutely deserve um, their seasons and to celebrate. Yeah. And if we qualified for the Europa League, it would be like a, a funeral. You know, it, it would uh, <laughs> yeah. it'd just be completely different vibes. So I really like him. I think um, he's, uh, again, got um, immense quality. Um, it's great potential. I think he's good on the ball. I think he can pass and he can tackle. Um, we just need to see him get games. And I think he'll get that Arsenal. Um, mm. You know, we've got Jorginho. We've got, uh, who else we've got? We've got El Nenny, potentially. Yeah. Um, if Partey yeah. and Xhaka both go. So we need a player to be that kind of in-between. Um, hopefully we get Declan Rice or somebody else. But we need a player to be on the cusp of the first team, ready to come in and, uh, and nail that position. And there'll be games where we're going to have to play two DMs as well. Um, yeah. And we need someone with a bit of energy, which he has. So, yeah, again, just hope uh, hope we can try and make this happen. Like I said, the 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 the, um, the summer window has not been open that long, people. Um, yeah. Also, as well, I, I, I think it was um, Mr. Timber's birthday four days ago. So, happy birthday um, for when you eventually do come to the club. Fingers crossed. So, um, and big up to Bakar Saka for that amazing hat trick. Um, oh, what hat trick! Yeah. Yeah. That second goal, Jesus Christ! Carrying an injury, you know. I was voice I was voice noting right at the time, but I was, I was oh my <laughs> god, man, what's a stretch? So yeah, Saka, man, God, I love that kid, man, amazing. But now, nah, guys, great to get your thoughts. We're going to finish off last with the main talking point, really, um, about Mister Jaloff Declan Rice. Um, right, let me give my two pennies down and come to G. So, I G and Canazon a while ago and weekly surgery, and sort of, I asked the question: Do I think we we get him? At the time, I said no. I just, something was just telling me I, I'm just not sure. Um, I don't know where the 120 million is coming from. Estimation that's just come out of nowhere for me personally. Um, Arsenal didn't. I mean, the, the the problem I have Arsenal slightly, just not just, not just with Declan Rice, is if you know what the valuation is already, why are you going to lowball it, particularly with this guy? It makes no common sense. So to me, it made sense for him to go in the way they went in with the second bid. You should have gone in with the first bid like that. Aggressive, 
might not be right to the asking point, but it's an aggressive bid and it's a lot of money. Um, and the way they try to structure the deal is, is things more complicated than Jenga or Scrabble put together. But um, listen, people know my thoughts about Declan Rice. I'd take him and ask him in a, in a, in a flipping heartbeat, um, despite some of our fan base who have reservations, which for me is absolutely insane. Um, but Ray, coming to you, how are you feeling on a, a rich scale of one to ten um, that will get this deal done? Ten being he's an Arsenal player and one he's going elsewhere. To um, yeah, I would say eight, okay. eight, possibly nine. Um, I think the groundwork's been there, and I think um, possibly since January we've been working on this. Yeah. Um, again, it's all in the nose. It's all just hearsay on Twitter. But I, um, I did see that apparently we did agree. Um, a figure with West Ham, or there was a figure talked about them when we uh, when they've won the um, Conference League. Sorry, they then actually up that figure, or the terms have, have changed a little bit. Yeah, um, I disagree a little bit about just paying uh, 110 now or going in with an opening offer, because I think West Ham would still sit on it, and I think then they would demand 130 even yeah, more. Yeah, they, they they want a bidding war. They want to bid him more. So I think regardless of what we've done, unless we slapped 150 million on the table, um, I think we'd be in a similar scenario we're in now pretty much. So I hear a lot of sort of low balling and all of this. I think the first offer, um, the terms weren't particularly great. We were paying um, a lot of instalments and there was, you know, if we won Premier Leagues and Champions League clauses yeah, in there as yeah, well. Yeah, I heard all that. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, um, I think uh, we've actually offered about 75 um, in about three years with um, other instalments, whatever yeah. they might be. Um, so I think we'll have, well, we'll have to go in again. Um, and I think we'll probably get cl a lot closer to what West Ham want. Yeah. Um, it seems like Declan, I mean, he's obviously, he was so professional after the uh, Conference League when he was in the interview. Um, yeah, yeah. About, about leaving yeah, yeah, yeah there were terrible loaded questions but yeah, yeah. fair play to him um but in that regard you know he um it seems like he wants to stay in london he wants to play champions league football and i think he looks at arsenal as an exciting project you know it's a young team um and okay yes he could he could certainly play for city he could play for almost any team i, I believe in the world yeah. but I think with Arsenal, we're on a very good trajectory. I think even if it doesn't work in the next couple of years, he'll still be at a good enough level where he could then look to move on if it didn't work. But I'm sure it will. So I think he wants to stay um, in London. Sorry, I think uh, he's settled. Um, obviously, if Man City did come in, it is a worry because um, we have seen uh, our transfer targets hijacked before in the past. As G mentioned, we've uh, we've seen pictures of uh, Rice photoshopped in an Arsenal kit. You know, so many. I mean, if I had a pound for every time I've seen Rice in an Arsenal kit, I could probably buy Declan Rice at this point. So I've been living, I've been living in Trinidad and Barbados, man. If I could, that's <laughs> yeah, man. But um, yeah, I think I think it's very possible. But this is football; anything can happen, right? No, well said. Before I come to G to wrap it off, um, I, I mentioned this um, on. Potsy show actually, I was on there with um, him and Kenny Ken, and I said, This is not about whether you want Declan Rice or you don't. 
to Arsenal fans to come out of their stop throwing toys at the pram. This is about Arsenal getting their number one target. So this transfer is massive. Um, mm-hmm. And that's me. That's where I stand with it. Um, it ha- they have to get this done to set a marker going mm-hmm. forward to future seasons. Come in, G man. Yeah, man. I think. I mean, in terms of your question, I'm very confident. Um, I would say I'm a nine point five. Um, and the only reason why I'm I'm going to knock off that zero point five is because, as Ray said, anything can happen in football. Um, I think, that, like Ray said, I think he summed it up perfectly. The groundwork has been done. A lot of groundwork. Very similar to like the Jesus deal or the Zinchenko deal. Um, I mean, it's been in the works for a while. We've obviously had conversations with West Ham, you know, with his his team and his representatives. And I think it's just coming down to agreeing a fee. Um, and like Ray said also, that there are reports that that agreed of that gentleman's agreement of, of the price has somewhat changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which to be fair, I don't blame West Ham. You know what I mean? No, I mean, as an it. Arsenal fan, yeah, it frustrates me a little bit because I just want to see him in the red and white of Arsenal. But I, we've also got to take into consideration that, you know, he is their star player. He's their best player. Um, and it's like, you know, I said to um, I said to somebody the other day, I was like, I've got a car, right? And if you want to buy that car off me, Albert, I might say to you, okay, that car is, I'm going to sell that car for 10 grand. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you value the car at. It yeah. matters what I value the car at because if yeah. you don't, if you don't want to pay the ten grand, you can go and look at another car. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. I'll so, get it. Yeah, I'll get it. Okay. I think I think Arsenal fans, obviously, because we're passionate and we, we love our club and we want him to play for our club, we get frustrated at the the ins and outs of how the transfer works. But it's at the end of the day, West Ham want to get as much money for their prize asset as possible, and we should be the same for the likes of. Partey or KT, if they were going to leave the club, we need to get the most money we can. Um, at the same time, even the, you know, there's been so much noise on Twitter about the the, the, lot of noise. <laughs> the, the offers that we've made. And again, yeah, I don't know if anybody, you know, has, has any kind of inside information. I mean, I've worked in sales um, and that is kind of part and process of negotiating. Um you know, I've worked on contracts where there's been there's been a value or there's been a price, yeah. and I'm never gonna go in with what they've asked. I'm always going to come in a little bit lower, and then most of the time, what happens is we meet somewhere in the middle, and yeah. I save my company a bit of money. Um, and in the end, what happens is they they've probably overvalued it anyway. So you kind of meet somewhere in the middle. So I think that's just part and parcel of negotiations. The problem is, like I said before, it's played out on the social media platform. Yeah. So everybody's hearing, oh, there's a bid and they know the amount and then they've rejected it. And then we know how much he's worth and it all just gets a little bit hysterical. But I'm confident he'll be an Arsenal player. Um, I think he's made it very, very clear that it's Arsenal he wants. He's spoken to Mikel Arteta. He believes in the project. Um, at the same time, there is always that slight doubt that if we, because at the end of the day, if we don't agree a fee, we won't sign him. Um, and if Chelsea, sorry, if, if Man City do come in, now I'm on the fence with this one because I personally don't feel like Man City need him. Mm-hmm. However, if Man City do come in, the reports are that his stance is he only wants Arsenal. I'm a little bit sceptical with that one um, because I think Man City right now, a treble-winning uh, club. They are 
literally at the juggernaut of world it's very, football. It's, it's, um, very, it's very alluring. And, and their resources are yeah. practically unlimited. I mean, they're paying reportedly Haaland over £800,000 a week. So I think if we if we somewhat, I mean, if it's a, bit, it's a lot of if, buts and maybes, but if we fail to agree a fee, Declan Rice could potentially become frustrated at that. He wants to leave West Ham. He wants to, you know, you know, apply his trade at a different club. And if City come in, I mean, it would take a pretty loyal um, player to to turn down City's advances if yeah. the deal between Arsenal and and West Ham can't be agreed. So, I think it's just a matter of time. I think Manchester. I think I think West Ham and Arsenal will eventually agree a fee, and I think he will be playing in the colours of Arsenal next season. But like Ray said. We've seen it with Mudrick. The 11th hour, Chelsea came in and they took him away. But I think you hit, to just finish up, I think you hit the nail on the head in that this is about buying Declan Rice and getting yeah. an exceptionally gifted, talented footballer. But there's a bigger picture to this. And yeah, it is exactly. about laying down that marker and saying, yeah. look, you know, he is our top target. Yeah. We went in for him and we got him. Regardless of all the noise and all the interest from other clubs, we went in, we got him. Because you can't make a habit of missing out on your top target yeah. Yeah. window after window after window. So I, I've got faith. Um, I believe he has his heart set on joining Arsenal. And I believe that maybe the third bid that goes in will probably seal the deal. Um, but only time will tell. I just hope he is playing in the colours of Arsenal next season. I really do. Yeah. Come on, Declan Jalof Rice, man. Come to red carpet, son. I love, listen, I, I, I love Declan. When, when it came about, I thought, mm, I want to pick him coming to Arsenal, but the more it's gathered pace and like you said, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of work that's gone in. And like I said, it's about laying down a marker. Yeah. Um, Declan Rice. But you, people in the chat, thank you for weekly surgery episode 23. Amazing panel of Ray and G. Before we go, I'm absolutely delighted that Peter Drury will be the next um, commentator on Sky Sports. I think the guy is the yeah. best in the business yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, listen, Martin Tyler's been a long time since I was little, but John Peter Jury, just his commentary is is just different levels, 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 levels. So looking forward to seeing him. And Sky, if you're listening, that you're not anyway, get Ali McCoy to join him as well, mate. Trust me, dream <laughs> team, dream team. But big up to the people in the chat. Thank you for your interaction. Amazing, Russ, James, um, Di Jay Diamond's in there. Jenny, um, my Tottenham wife was in there, but she's sodded off now. Good luck to her. Um, probably down at Weatherspoons, but Ray. Thank you for joining me once again. Where, tell people where they can find you, my friend. Oh, man, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. Gee, fantastic speaking with you again, mate. Um, and, yeah, thank you, the chat, for, uh, for yeah. chatting and listeners to listen. Um, if anyone wants to follow me, um, I'm on Twitter, Ray underscore Kassim. Um, I've just started my Instagram as well. Ray Kassim 92 if anyone wants to follow me on there. Um, I played football at the Amex quite recently as well, yeah. so... Uh, Nice. So if you want to see some action shots, then, uh, then uh, head that way. But um, again, just thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer with all these transfers. Well said, well said. And also, people, thank you. Before I come to you, thank you for the birthday messages um, last week. My, my phone was like a, a walking hotcake and being at work <laughs> at the same time. So now the, the love was incredible, man. Yeah, so um, appreciate it for that. Thank you, people. Jenny, oh, big up, Jenny. Right, and not last but not least, G Talks, my bro from another mother. Tell people where they can find you, my friend. 
Yeah, man, no, first and foremost, obviously, thank you, Arba. Um, it's always a pleasure um, coming on your platform. Um, it's mad because, like, I do have a very busy schedule in terms of just work and family and kids and all sorts, gym and that, but there's only very few people that I make time for, and Arba is one of them. Um, and that's just a reflection of just the beautiful human being he is. So big up yourself, Albert. Um, Ray, it's always a pleasure. I think we've done this once, maybe twice before, but yeah. as soon as I saw your name come up, I was like, yeah, boom, I, I'm going to enjoy this, man. Uh, top, top, top guy. But yeah, in terms of following me, I mean, my handle's on the screen. It's at GTalksArsenal. Um, I tried the whole Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and I just got a bit tired of it. <laughs> so I just thought, let me keep it to Twitter. I couldn't keep up, man, with all the different posts across the platform. So I just kept, I even tried TikTok, and my kids told me I was too oh, old no, to be no, on TikTok. No, no. So... <laughs> Um, which I agree. Um, so yeah, I just on Twitter. So if you want to interact with me, um, feel free to obviously give me a shout, drop me a DM, give me a follow. Um, I'm also part of um another YouTube, well, a part of a YouTube channel called um the Armory TV. I'm actually doing a show tonight, um, which is at 9 p.m. We'll be going through very similar topics. So please do if you want to see more of me on the screen, then that's the place to follow. So at G Talks Arsenal on Twitter and at Armory TV on YouTube. But again, thank you so much, Albert and Ray, for having me. Yeah, no worries, man. Listen, we'll definitely do this again. And like I said, there'll be more, there'll be more weekly surgeries. Um, love doing them. Amazing to get other fans as well. Um, live stories, there will be some more um, lined up. I do have some special guests coming on. They Hopefully, I'll get both of them on during the season. They have verbally agreed, but they're both very, very busy people. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, to get them on would be fantastic if it does happen. But, um, yeah, I'll keep that lip sealed. Ray and G know they are, but I'll just, they, they only know that. No. But, um, people, smash the like button, subscribe to Albert JTV, follow my amazing guests. Um, yeah, weekly surgery is closed, episode 23. We'll be back soon, people, for more Transfer Talk, Arsenal Talk, Premier League Talk. God bless. See you soon. <laughs>